Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Well, it is raining here, Israel. We might even get snow in the Jerusalem area come this Wednesday or Thursday. We're watching those predictions happen. And on the good side of the news, Corona is dying out through the mild Omicron variant. People are getting what's called Corona fatigue, mandate fatigue, government taking away our rights fatigue in a uh, this crisis that they built around us. Well, people now are starting to wake up, thank God. And even the Israeli left-wing media is starting to talk and saying, die, as they say, enough. Enough masks, enough mandates, enough lockdowns. Let's be finished with this already. So my question is, What will be the next crisis, so to speak, to give our governments continued surveillance upon us and obligations placed on us that don't need to be there? They put them there in times of an emergency and a crisis. Well, today we're going to be discussing U.S., Russia, Ukraine relations. It's getting hot there. People are talking about war. Then we've got the economy in 2022. What does that look like? Where is it going to take us? Volcanoes and earthquakes. There were two earthquakes in Israel over uh, Saturday night and Sunday in Israel. So uh, what does that mean? And volcanoes, of course. And I just want to leave a note with you all before my time runs out to check out our latest videos on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. My last one I did was really interesting. It was called... I've been here before, reincarnation and the Holocaust. That was an interview with Sarah Yocheved Rigler. She's an amazing author, writer. She interviewed so many people on past lives, memories from the Holocaust that are alive today that were not alive during the Holocaust, but they were. Hmm. Reincarnation. Interesting. Check out our videos at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Just click on the video link and it'll take you to all of our latest videos there. We're going to be right back, everybody, with a lot of news. Don't go anywhere. The return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel was prophesied in the Bible thousands of years ago and is coming true today. Shalom. Join me, Josh Wander, on Israel Unplugged. Listen in as we delve into the spiritual and physical aspects of the Jewish return to Zion. We'll discuss the biblically mandated, historic, and of course practical understandings of this incredible transition from exile to redemption. That's Israel Unplugged, every Monday on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We have lots of different 
news items to speak about today. Uh, the uh, the state of Israel, or the land of Israel, I should say here, uh, had two earthquakes within uh, approximately, like I don't know, maybe like a 12-hour period in the north of the country, a center near Cyprus. And uh, what does that mean? Volcanoes, volcanoes, volcanoes. What does that mean? Uh, what do we have to look there? The 2022 economy, what lies ahead? And we're going to start out with the topic of the United States, Russia, and Ukraine, because as the coronavirus seems to be dying out, thank God, and people are getting corona fatigue, then uh, what will be the next crisis? Will it be war? So our guest uh, that we have on today is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. He's a researcher, former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University, has offered over 80 books and over 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideast and world issues. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, things are starting to get very hot on the Ukrainian-Russian border. It doesn't seem like U.S. President Joe Biden is handling this very well either. Where would you like to start? Well, um, actually, two subjects are sort of linked, and that is the, the issue of the economy and the issue of uh, what's going on in the world. But we'll, we'll take the world first, and we'll, we'll drill down. Okay, so... If you want to understand what's happening on Ukraine, you have to understand a little bit of a larger picture. The issue really isn't Ukraine, as people, anyone who really gives any thought to this will, will perceive very quickly. I mean, really, no, Amer no sane American is really going to be all that concerned about the Ukraine. I mean, let's, let's be reasonable here. There's, there's nothing there. Nobody really cares. Ukraine is the breadbasket of Russia, and it has been for the last thousand years. That's how Russians get fed, via the Ukraine. Um, so Russia clearly should care about it, but why should America care about it? Why should any Americans even be concerned about it on the most basic level? Well, the, the answer to that really is that, well, they, there really is no reason to... It's, it's, it's a nothing subject. So why is it so important in the news? Let's, let's face it. If it, 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 the whole issue here, that's be, as it's being presented to us by the, uh, 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 um, the ridiculous uh, 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 travesty that calls itself the international news media, is... Well, Ukraine should have the opportunity to choose if it wants to be a member of NATO or not. Mm -hmm. Why? Why should Ukraine have that right to choose? Does, does anyone think that Cuba has the right to choose to be an opponent, uh, an armed opponent with, with ballistic missiles of the United States? Should Russia be installing ballistic missiles in Cuba as Khrushchev did? Should Russia be installing ballistic missiles in, in Nicaragua and in Venezuela? I mean, is, is, is that what America wants? The, the question here is kind of a weird question. If you really want to understand, you have to go back a little bit in time. And that was, remember, Hunter Biden got a really big payback from the, the wife of the mayor of Moscow. I mean, let's put aside the question of why would anybody call his son a predator naming his son Hunter. I don't understand that, but that's okay. Let's leave that aside for the moment. I don't, just don't understand. But 
if any if, 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 if anytime you want to understand what the people on the left are actually doing, listen very carefully to what they accuse the conservatives of doing. Right. <laughs> Fact that so right. Trump did nothing with Russia was obvious to anybody who had more than a more than a brain in his toenail. But if we look at what's going on today, if Joe Biden kissed Putin and 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 Xi Jinping any more, Jill would be jealous. Very funny. Okay. Really pathetic. <laughs> All right. Look, we really we really need to understand Biden, his entire family is completely under the thumb of both Putin and Xi Jinping. If he so much as as releases anal gas in the wrong direction, they bring him down within a day. They have they have files on him. They know where he got his money from. That not just him, his son, but him personally. They paid him. Well, those are the best people to have in politics when they're just puppets, because then you can really control them. Well, you know, that's a good question. Um, uh, 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 Al Capone famously said, okay, we can buy a judge, but does he stay bought? And that's the problem with, with, with people like Biden. If he had a brain, he probably would not stay bought. But he's a moron. He was stupid long before he was senile, as I've said hundred times on this show during this past year. So, yes, you're right. He probably stays bought because he doesn't have an option. He can't think of one. What is he going to... And what are the Americans going to do? What are the Democrats going to do for 2024? I mean, are they really serious about about bringing from the, the, from the dregs of the sewer Hillary, Hillary Clinton again? I mean, but but what do they got? Let's look at their bench. Who's who's out there? AOC. Buttigieg. <laughs> I mean, he's he 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 he's messed up the transportation to such an extent that they can't get the supply lines r- running. Aren't they talking in, about in Michelle months? Obama bringing her into things? That's a possibility. I mean, sure, she's never had a she's never had a job in her life, so why not? You can always have a be president as your first job in life. What's the problem with that? All right, it will be interesting. We have four minutes left to the subject. Do you predict a war between Russia and the Ukraine now that, you know, Russia has come out publicly just recently and stated that they're not afraid of the United States? Well, why should they be afraid of the United States? Did you hear what Biden said in his press conference the other day? That uh, it depends on what Russia does. If it's a small incursion, we can live with that. I mean, whoever heard of a small incursion? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's sad. All I can say is it's very, very sad. It's very, very sad. So do Look, you... The entire, Bidenite, the, the entire Bidenite thing is turmoil. There is nothing else. The, you... the pandemic is totally out of control with 40% more pandemic deaths in 2021 than they had in 2020. And in 2021, they have the vaccinations. 
Do you predict war? If you believe that it's actually only seven, only seven percent, most pundits are talking about four times that amount. Okay, but I still want to answer. Catastrophe. Do you do you predict war? I want. I'm just curious. Do you predict war? I predict that something is going to break. Whether that something is going to be actual war or something else, we don't know. But right now, Putin has all of the cards, and the only person so-called negotiated with him is Blinken, who probably couldn't negotiate with his pet dog. So Putin has all the cards. Putin has... Putin can basically do whatever he wants to do. So I think that the, I, I would think that that he he will do it unless he gets what he wants. He he's holding to me. I see him being the strong one, being the one to Absolutely. less likely, uh, you know, be uh, intimidated Absolutely. and to demand there what he no wants. No reason in the world for Putin to be intimidated at all. There's no reason at all. So. Is it actually going to be a violent war or is it there going to be something else? I don't know. I think the Americans are going to blink because I don't think they have a chance. They have a choice. Putin isn't going to blink. Okay, so, so no all right, so saying that, what does that mean to Americans and the rest of the world and Israel and everybody else? What would happen if uh, Russia there went is in? There's no government in the United States. We need to live with that. Okay, but I'm America, saying, what would America happen if Russia do, did go in and take? What would what would happen though if they went in and they swallowed the Ukraine back again? Well, I don't think he's actually going to swallow all of Ukraine. He'll he'll he'll, he'll, he'll what's the expression? He'll nickel and dime it to death. He'll take a piece here and a piece there, and he'll do this and he'll do that, like he took the Crimea. He won't. He won't. He, there's no necessity for him to do anything. Uh, uh, massive, dramatic. He'll do uh -huh. it intelligently. He'll do it. He'll do something smart. Mm -hmm. Well, that's interesting. You know, yeah, warfare. I, I, don't, I don't think it'll be a major war. If anything, if any actual of, of actual violence occurs, it'll be very incremental. I believe. Yeah, you know, I, I see. Uh, you know, strategies changing today. You know, what we we're used to of going. Head to head. You know, they used to fight wars by lining up their soldiers in a line, bending down, shooting, and then running to the behind the lines, and then the next line would come up, which was a terrible way to fight. <laughs> right? That's how they used to fight in the old, you know, col colonies, you know, the British, and that's why the well, Americans on, won. On, only the British, the French, and the, and right. the, and the Germans. Right. The, the, Everybody the, else beat them. The Americans <laughs> learned from the Indians, hide in trees, hide behind rocks. In any case, uh, things have been changing in warfare, and I see that uh, right now they are as well. We have to take a break, everybody. We're going to be right back. We're going to be talking about more subjects in the news. Don't go anywhere. Hi, I'm Steve Miller. And I'm Matt Zucker. Join us for Lighten Up, where we take a look at the week's current events in Israel and from around the Jewish world through a humorous lens. If you've been paying attention during these crazy times, you know that it's a challenge to parody life anymore. 
But join Steve and I as we give it the old college try. Not only is being happy an obligation, but life is just too short to take it all so seriously. So join me, Steve Miller. And me, Matt Zucker. For a lighten up every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Israel, only on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We are back here at the Tamar Yonah Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. And we are looking now, it is January of 2022. What does the economy hold in store? Please. Okay. Um, what we need to understand right now is that the United States Federal Reserve Bank has a conundrum. They're, they're, they're faced with a, um, um, how should I put it, a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. There is no easy solution here. Okay? Inflation right now for, formally is, at a, is running at about 7%. Um, most pundits are calling it anywhere between three and four times that amount in real inflation terms because the Fed just recently changed the rules for how inflation is measured to make it look nicer. So what's real inflation? I don't I don't really know, but I'm I'm just quoting their numbers right now. So so seven percent. Seven percent is the highest it's been for forty years. Four zero. Now, um, for the last eighteen years, listen to these numbers carefully. For the last eighteen years, the Federal Reserve Bank of the United States has been buying on the order of hundred twenty billion dollars of bonds every month. For 18 years, that's what they—that's part of what they call quantitative easing. In other words, they're injecting printed cash, cash that's not backed by anything real. They've been injecting massive quantities of cash into the economy, and of course, during the Biden administration, that has accelerated enormously with their all these bills that they've been passing for spending. Um, uh, now they've announced, the Fed have announced, that they are going to be tapering the quantitative easing. What does tapering mean? Well, they haven't defined that. We don't really know. But some of them have been speaking about quantitative tightening. In other words, removing cash from the system. How do you remove cash from the system? Just by the, by the Fed selling some of these bonds that they've been accumulating over the years. Um, but what happens if they do that? Well, interest rates will rise, which is what they want. That's how you get rid of inflation. You raise interest rates. And interest rates have been absurdly low for an enormously long time. So that sounds, that sounds nice. But unfortunately, the entire American economy today is based around um, the stock market and housing. Housing, I emphasize, not real estate, housing. So... Commercial housing is not really going anywhere, but uh, 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 commercial real estate, pardon me, is not going anywhere, but housing is. So everything is based on stocks and housing. If you raise the interest rates, those are the first assets to go down. So what happens? 
if those assets go down, if bonds go down and stock markets go down because of quantitative tightening, then everyone has much less collateral. Banks have less collateral, so they can only lend much less. You get a lot of, uh, 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 you get what's called, what's called a cash crunch. There's not, there's not sufficient cash in the, con in the economy. Again, that sounds good because that's how you fight inflation. Inflation is too much cash chasing too few goods. So you want to tighten cash. But if you tighten cash now, the economy is not really based upon manufacturing. It's not really based upon foreign trade. It's based upon stock market. So if you tighten cash now, basically you're pulling the bottom out of the markets. Now we all know most basic rule of politics in any democracy, and that is that a politician wants to be reelected. That's more important than anything else is to get reelected. So if you let inflation continue, you certainly don't get re get reelected. If you go to folks and say, well, your retirement has just gone down down the toilet, you're also not going to get reelected. So the Fed is faced with a conundrum that really we don't have any economic theory to know how to solve it. Because they've been buying too many bonds for too long. The interest rates have been too long, too low for too long. And who is the U.S. Secretary of the Treasury? Janet Yellen, basically the architect of quantitative easing. So once again, the Bidenites are in a fix of their own making that there is no clear method for how to get out of it. In other words, we don't even have economic theory to support a reasonable decision-making process here. As I understand it, when I speak with people, they're all telling me that we are going towards a cashless society and that they want things to fall, they want uh, all of this to happen because it'll be easier for them to change the system because if everything's working well, then there's no reason to change the system. But if you can crash things and make things difficult, then there has to be a solution for the crisis and their solution will be to go to a cashless society which will in turn uh, have the government have even more control over uh, what you buy, knowing what you buy, knowing how you spend your money, being able to cut off your money even easier, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, first of all, two points. First of all, in in, in, in actual fact, you are right. You're correct. That is the objective of the entire, what we call the DeVos crowd. They want total control over what you do with, the, with your personal economics. And the way to do that is to make everything electronic. Okay? So in that sense, if you talk about cash in the sense of physical paper money and coins, you are absolutely correct. But when I'm talking about cash crunch here, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about liquidity. So what you said is correct, but that's not the point of, of this whole issue of, the, of what's, what's, what the Fed needs to deal with. Now, might they do some of these things in order to put, push that agenda, agenda forward? Yes, you're right on that as well. 
However, they probably don't have time enough to do that in any, in any reasonable manner. Remember, if they do that during 2022, there is absolutely no doubt that they will be massacred at, in, the, in November. And then what do they do? They, their first priority needs to be how do we, how do we get reelected? Doing what you just said, which is clearly what they want to do, what they really desire to do, but doing what you just said now will be disastrous. So I don't think that that's, that's in the books right now. Okay, so let me counter, because I, I love to, like, you know, think of all... Di- I, sh- I should learn Gomorrah, because I love to come at things from so many different ways to try to figure things out. That would be true unless whoever the other candidate would be, like the, a Republican, let's say the Democrats would lose, right? You just got a Republican who you own. I, I mean, like, they're, they're all just window dressing anyway. Politicians are a dime a dozen to be bought, or they owe you favors, or their arms are twisted, or they're just sold out. I mean, th- you, there's many reasons why a politician will do something. It doesn't have to be that he's evil and corrupt. It could be that he's forced to do it, or for whatever reason. That I mean, I wouldn't let that stop me if I were one of these, like, big head honcho elite people who, who want to... You know, I mean, I, I've always said also that if I were one of these big people, I shouldn't say I because I, I wouldn't do this. But these, you know, they, they buy both parties. They, they donate to both parties. They give money to both sides. So whoever wins, they couldn't care less. And at the same time, the people think that they have democracy. They think that their vote matters. They think they're getting the candidate that, that they want in. But it really doesn't matter because you own both of them. And so you're not even afraid who wins. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, again, yes and no. It depends on the, on the people you're talking about. If you're talking about, um, we, we mentioned before the, the, the concept of the bench. How, how deep is the bench for the Democrats? And we said there really isn't anybody there. You know, who, who, who have they got? They've got, they've got garbage or, or, or the toilet. That, that's it. Um, but if you look at the Democrat, at, at the Republicans, pardon me, there are basically three streams in Republican politics today. There's the senators, where you've got most of the senators are worthless, but then you've got guys like uh, 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 Cruz and Cotton who really do have minds. And then there's the um, uh, 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 governors, where you have people like, um, oh, that lady from, what is it, South Dakota, uh, Christie something or other, who's very good, and Ron DeSantis from Florida, who's Who's, who's enormously impressive? I don't believe these people can are easily bought. Okay, the the normal senators from the from from, from the senators, you're absolutely correct. I have no doubt that that the the so-called leaders of the Republican Party in the Senate are all paid bought and paid for. I have I have personally no doubt. I don't have any proof. I it's just my opinion. But I don't think that's the case with the Santos. I don't think that's the case with. Uh, the, the governor from uh, South Dakota, the, 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 the lady who's been impressive. I don't think that's the case with, with uh, uh, Cruz and Cotton. And I don't think that's the case with some of the people that in the third stream, people like um, Nikki Haley and uh, 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 Mike Pompeo, who have proven themselves to be willing to um, take risks. Okay, so then you just make it impossible for them to rule. So let's say DeSantis gets in, and let's say he's got this integrity. I like DeSantis, by the way. Uh, But uh, who's to say that you can't control him by 
not, by crippling him. He can't get anything past. He can't do anything. A lame duck uh, because you control everybody else and own and everything else. And or it's not who votes. And or it's not who votes, but who counts the votes. We're going to be right back. Everybody don't go anywhere. Are you tired of political correctness and the fear that you might offend someone? I'm not afraid to offend you. Wow, look who's talking tough. One has to be tough to keep sane today. Hi, I'm Alan Skorsky. And I'm Bela Seabrow. And join us every Wednesday for The Definitive Wrap as we interview the most sought-after guests and expose progressive trends that masquerade as enlightenment but actually destroy our freedoms. We are the No Wolf Zone, so buckle up for this exciting show. Buckling up, but I'm driving. (laughs) Sure, you can drive, but I'm the navigator. Tune in for the no-nonsense, the definitive rap show, every Wednesday on Israel News Talk Radio. here for our last segment at the Tamara Yunus Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And Saturday night and Sunday morning, there was an earthquake felt in Israel, more closer to the Cyprus area. There are also volcanoes that are acting up. Here to tell us more about this, we have as our guest, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Okay. Um, let, let me start off with a basic statement. Okay? There is no... Um, there is no way to justify a, 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 a supposition that volcanoes erupt or earthquakes occur because of climate change. However, erupting volcanoes do cause climate to change. And that's an interesting point here. In other words, if these people that, that are telling us everything happens because of climate change... That's idiotic. That's simply not I'm not true. I'm not talking about whether climate changes or not. I'm not. We're not going there right now. But certainly these volcanoes have nothing to do with um, the amount of CO2 in the air. However, when there are major eruptions of volcanoes, it spews out, the volcanoes tend to spew out large quantities of fine ash. Well, I'll be more accurate. They, they spew out large quantities of ash. Some of this ash falls down immediately. Some of this ash rises to rel- relatively high altitude and then falls down. Some of this ash can remain in the, in the atmosphere for years. And this ash is highly reflected and tends to cause a cooling of the planet. Um, historians claim, for instance, that the year... 526 was the worst year in human history because there was an enormous uh, uh, volcanic uh, um, eruption that caused basically the world to go relatively darker for a period of three years and simply almost a third of humanity died of, of, of starvation. You mean because and, lack and, of sunlight and the plants didn't grow and that's what you mean? Correct. 
How does ash not come down ever, though? Well, it does come down. Ah, it just might take time. I see. Okay. It takes time. So the larger particles come down relatively quickly. In other words, in, in a matter of weeks or months, depending on how high they got shut up, which... It maybe it is a question of how how powerful the eruption was, and the finer particles may st- remain in the in the stratosphere for for as many as as as, as several years. Hmm. So the eruption that we just saw, what was it last week or, or the week before? Was that uh, 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 near the island of Tonga? Was one of these very very large eruptions? One of the largest eruptions we've seen in many years, and. Uh, we don't know yet, of course. Nobody can claim to predict what this will, how how much this will matter. But there is every chance that this eruption, and in parallel, there was another eruption in in Costa Rica. Uh, if they were powerful enough to expel the particles to a height of the stratosphere, and the particles. Uh, uh, um, uh, um, spread out in a way that uh, they they potentially could. This, in theory, could cause uh, major portions of the planet to cool. And just to put people in and give people a perspective on this, what was it in 1991 in the first Gulf War when Saddam Hussein uh, conquered Kuwait, and then he was thrown out of Kuwait. When he retreated from Kuwait, he uh, 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 ignited something on the order of, if I remember the number correctly, 730 oil wells. These spewed out enough ash and smoke while they were burning before they could be put out to have cooled the planet by about three degrees for almost three years. I remember that. Yeah. So that, and that was only 730 oil wells. This was not a massive world-shaking, literally world-shaking, Tonga shook the world. It was heard as far away as Alaska, which is an enormous distance. The noise was so great. So the Tonga eruption was very, very large. The Costa Rican eruption was not so large, but not small. And there is other volcanic activity occurring right now in other places in the world around the so-called ring of fire in the in the Pacific area. So if these are powerful enough, and again, we do not know. No one can claim to know exactly what this effect will be. What I'm talking about is what it could be from the standpoint of pure science. Interesting. Hmm. Now, you mentioned uh, earthquakes. We should know that there is very little, not no, but very little relationship between volcanoes and earthquakes i mean uh, uh they can cause one another by the way but that's 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 not what normally happens generally speaking volcanoes occur most frequently along a tectonic plate plate faults as do earthquakes so there is a relationship but there is not a i don't i'm not aware of any direct causal relationship what we've been seeing in in Israel, which is which Israel sits on the uh, uh, Syrian uh, African uh, uh, Rift Valley, of course, um, which is a a, a a a very large one of the world's 
largest rift, uh, rifts. Um, what we see in Israel is that normally speaking, every about 150 years, there is a major earthquake here. Now, we have not seen a major earthquake here in several hundred years. Right, we're so long overdue, they say. Historically. Mm -hmm. But we what we do see is many small earthquakes occurring. And again, I'm not a, ge a geologist, so I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% certain that everything I'm saying is totally accurate. But what we, we seem to be seeing is that because the pressures are released by many small earthquakes, we have not been uh, seeing any large earthquakes. Hmm. So if you ask me as a scientist, I can only, I can only express those, that, those data and uh, uh, um, what I believe to be the case. If you ask me as a rabbi, I would say that God is taking care of us. Interesting. So the, the smaller earthquakes are, in fact, a blessing that, that we're having because it's releasing some of the pressure that we uh, don't get, God forbid, stuck with a biggie. Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. Very And that very is the way it works. Small earthquakes tend to, I mean, every earthquake relieves pressure. If you have a series of small earthquakes, then the pressure is released gradually and you don't have a large earthquake. Again, I'm not a geologist. So I'm speaking from speaking as a, as a as a layman and not as an expert, but this is what I uh, what I'm seeing. All right. So with that information and the um, the global uh, mantra of uh, climate change, first they said it was global warming, then they kind of had a backtrack because a lot of places were freezing. Um, so now they just call it climate change. They they rebranded it. Um, and and everything that you've said now in the last two and a half minutes that we have, what do you want to leave us with? How are you tying this all together? What do we need to know? How is it going to affect us, etc.? Okay, let me just get a couple of a couple of words about climate change. Is climate does climate change? Climate always changes. There is no doubt that climate change, as a phrase, is correct and always has been. Climate always changes. Um, is the earth is the earth warming? Yes, of course it is. In 1850, the Earth exited what was called a small ice age, and so therefore we've been warming since then. Has it been warming significantly? Probably not. Is warming because of human activity? Very difficult to know. The data simply isn't quality, isn't high enough quality to actually know it. It's surmising it. Even if you read the IPCC reports, what they actually say, not what the politicians and the news media tell us, but what the report actually says is that there is a chance that it's connected to human activity, at least in some, at, at, at some level. That's not a lot of danger. Now, one of the things that everybody talks about in climate change is the sea, the sea levels are rising. Well, for the last 150 years, there is no evidence, zero, exactly zero, evidence of sea level rise. There is some evidence, probably anecdotal and not, and not, uh, uh, not significant, of a fall in sea level, but a trivial amount of that. In other words, there's basically no measurable change in sea levels. So uh, um, can these volcanic eruptions cause the planet to cool or to alleviate some of the 
warming that we may have been seeing. Again, let me put this in numbers. Um, there are about 3,000, uh, uh, 300 temperature uh, 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 stations in the northern hemisphere and about 600 in the southern hemisphere. In other words, the data just isn't good enough. So can these volcanoes affect climate change? Perhaps. We don't have data yet. Will they? We certainly don't know. Well, uh, I guess we, this, is, this is one of the things where we're going to have to wait and see. Why not? <laughs> in the meantime, party like there's no tomorrow, everybody. <laughs> well, isn't that what Jen Psaki just said? If you don't like what the Biden administration did, listen to what she said in her last press conference. Go and have a margarita. Yeah. Aye, 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 aye. I'm just joking. All right. Well, thank you very much for this history lesson, this uh, geography lesson, this everything lesson. You've been listening to the Tomariano Show here at Israel News Talk Radio. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 